Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. And it's a special edition. This morning, it's tech and gamification in class. Asha caught up with the first ever Malaysia Teacher Prize winner from SMJK Chunghua in Tanum Sabah, Chekgu Anuthra Sirasena. As a chemistry teacher, you've integrated tech and gamification into your teaching methods. Can you give us an example of how you're actually doing that? I know it's not so mainstream for a chemistry teacher to gamify his or her lesson with programming and coding. But ever since I had a taste of programming and you know, robotics, I realized that it has a huge potential and it teaches the students a lot of other skills besides what they learn in chemistry and in classrooms and laboratories activities. Therefore, when I actually integrate and I started with the easiest way of doing gamification is through online platforms where they don't really need to have any kind of cost factor in. So what we did is I got my students to do their revision preparation for SPM. Imagine preparing for SPM examination. But what we did is we actually created videos, games through Scratch programming, which is pretty easy to do. And by doing that, different groups prepared different topics. And when we compile them together, we have a set of revision games for these kids to play while waiting for their parents or during the holidays. So that is how we started with gamification in chemistry. That's incredible. So, I mean, you say it's easy to Mm -hmm. do in scratch pads, right? But who was Mm -hmm. actually building these revision videos and games? It's the students. It's the students. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I know. A lot of time when we talk about gamification in the classroom, people have an understanding of kids playing and engaging themselves in game. But in my class, what they actually do is they actually build the game. They build the game, they get the game reviewed by their peers. So everyone have a taste of how the layout of the game is about. And we check for content as well. I mean, I am the mentor, but the students do that too through a checklist of content. And then we modify the game and find Finally, we put them up for everyone to have access to it. What kind of percentage would you put on the results gained from this process version versus the old-fashioned study by rote learning? So if if you want to try to quantify the experience, there are so many variables involved, number one. And number two, when we talk about the learning that these students gain through that process, it's not just skewed towards what they do on their paper because it's beyond. However, I would definitely would like to answer that with an example of how one of my students who was a key person in developing the game, in fact, after that, we actually competed in a more serious competition creating a STEM material. Mm -hmm. So both of us partnered and worked on a product, a series of four games, and he actually managed to score an A in SPM chemistry. Wow. And he was only barely passing before. Okay, I want to go back in time just a little bit to find out why you decided to adopt this particular method in in teaching. When I started, actually, I was assigned to be one of the teacher to train a group of students for an innovation competition using programming and robotics. However, as a teacher, you always think of ways to innovate your teaching and you don't want it to just be an innovation for it to look good, but you want to see the potential. You want to see the impact it has 
on your students and their learning as well. So through the process of preparing students for competition, I realize the kind of spark I see I've never seen in other kind of lessons I've done in class. So I was thinking like, let's try this. Let's experiment and see if this is going to work. I was there to fail. I was ready to fail. But when I tried it in two weeks, I realized that it's doable. It's not so difficult. And the material you produce is going to be used for a very, very long time. You tested it for two weeks and it seemed like it was taking off and then you were going to keep going with this. Could you give us uh, an overview of the different areas this had an impact in terms of your students' learning and even their thought processes towards their own capacity for learning? I think that is the part that most of the time we don't really get to tell. So I'm really, really happy that I'm able to actually share a little bit of my learnings from my little observation with my group of students. I realized that number one, the key learning I saw was troubleshooting. You know, a lot of time you hear people telling that we want graduates who are able to troubleshoot, who are able to adapt and stuff. But I'm already seeing it within my students with the little time they have, with the very limited resources they have. They have to work in making this happen and create. And the first time I started, it was during the pandemic because everything was online. Yeah. Imagine giving instruction and with Tenem being in a place where we have real good issues with connectivity mm-hmm. and internet connection and stability as well as electricity. But the kids actually manage to troubleshoot that if they have only handphone, they don't have laptop. So the kind of game you can create with your laptop and your handphone, there will be a lot of differences in terms of how you use the sprite, how you use a certain coding and how you navigate a certain platforms in the game. Therefore, I found that the kids are very creative. They are very resourceful as well, which is very much lacking in today's kids because they're not given that opportunity. In another word, some may say it's the difficult and challenges, but I would say it's an opportunity for them to find solution to the need. And eventually, they actually produced a very decent game for even beginners. And secondly, teamwork. It was not easy to work in team when you are far away from each other. You learn to break tasks that is leveraging on the strength of each person because you're not there together. There's no free rider as well. And I see that a lot of my students, they were going through different problems. At the same time, they were able to address it with very minimal intervention from me as a teacher and mentor. So I think these two very big learning uh, definitely makes me feel that we are on the right track and we definitely need to you know do more and experiment more so we have better learnings and insights about this whole process. I'd love to hear your opinion on what parents and maybe other teachers need to understand about the use that they're teaching in this day and age and their inclination towards tech for their Mm -hmm. learning purposes and their life purposes Mm -hmm. I suppose. I would like to start with saying that the key to everything we do is always moderation. It's really, really important for us to understand that just because I advocating the use of programming and technology in my chemistry lesson, it doesn't mean it takes away authentic learning. It doesn't mean it takes away how students actually learn. However, we also have to understand that education is a dynamic vocation whereby you have to address the need, the changes, as well as our main client is the students. Mm. So these students that we are 
are having today, they are born with technology. So of course, you have a lot of research saying about how technology-driven lessons could also backfire the learning itself for the students. As a teacher, I would like parents and also fellow teachers to understand that in the end of the day, it's about bringing balance to what we do. Uh, shying away from technology because of the negative consequences is taking away the opportunity for these kids to actually learn a lot of other stuff, all the benefits and advantages that comes with it that overweights that part of it. Secondly, I think parents and teachers also need to understand the fact that technology is good only if it adds value to learning. It, by just simply using technology doesn't mm. make the students or the kids learn better. Because I, I find this is a huge dilemma for parents as, as well as teachers. I mean, students are the receiving end. In the end of the day, they are the key players of whatever lessons we craft for them. So as a teacher, for teacher, I would say that integrate tech when it adds value to your normal lessons. Only if it can do things beyond what you have been doing. And for parents is to understand the limit and to set guidelines so the kids do not exploit the technology, but instead leverage and benefit from the use of technology. Something you said earlier was very interesting to me. You were completely prepared to fail. Do you think yeah. that's a really good thing for parents to keep in mind when they're trying to figure out what this balance is? Because, you know, things are always changing. That Be prepared that that plan of technology and uh, learning is going to fail. And You know, when I was talking about dare to fail, and prepared to fail is more the adventure part of me. So I'm thinking like if I were a parent, you probably don't want to fail. You are so scared to risk failure. However, I think it's a learning curve because every children is unique. If you have two kids, you are not going to have the same kind of kids, I'm sure. So for us, we are dealing with 200 kids per year at least. So they are very unique. They are very different. As parents, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no because you definitely need to take calculated risk as well. You need to do your research, not just because everyone is using it, you want to do it. Is it really necessary? Is there a need? And how much is enough? And the yes part is it may be helpful. It may not be helpful. It's okay to take away if the kids are not ready to bring balance into how they use device or technology and how you could actually introduce it later when they are ready to be more accountable to the actions. You were recently awarded the first ever Malaysia Teacher Prize. Can you tell us how that experience has developed or affected your teaching journey? Definitely, it was one of the turning points in my life as well as a career as an educator. So happened that I was the first lucky MTP winner 2022. And by winning it, I'm able to make my voice heard better and using all the platforms available now to advocate whatever that we want our society and community to hear. I believe that a lot of people have passions and have things that they are very passionate about that they want people to hear and listen to. And by winning this, I get a lot of opportunities to actually share in terms of my best practices in my classrooms. How do I do my chemistry and science lessons? How I'm able to impact students, even in rural areas with the much needed tech-driven society today. Secondly, is also the economy 
ecosystem building part that I'm very passionate about, where I really believe that every kids should be given an opportunity to try so that we have our future generations who are marketable, who are adaptable, and who are also resilient to whatever we need in the tech force as well as the STEM education, if we would bring it down to education. And I think the journey has been wonderful all these two months, I think. Yeah, into two months. The journey has been wonderful. And I would really think that for me, how do I use this platform well? And while it's there, mm-hmm. while it lasts, how to channel as many help to community that need it and also to allow more people to understand that we in Tena, we in Sabah, there are so many potential within us uh, not tapped. And we really hope that more people would take the hassle to come in to rural and remote areas and do what you do best. 